Hello and welcome to The Schism. This podcast is all about critical thinking, dot connecting, the nature of reality, and trying to uncover the truth about the world we live in, society, who we are, and where we come from. Hello and welcome to The Schism. In the last episode, we left off talking about Bill Gates resigning from Microsoft becoming the number one chief funder and controller of the World Health Organization, as well as running an almost identical simulation of what was to come next with Event 201, all only a matter of weeks before the pandemic kicked off in China. Oh, just just a few weeks. Or as Trump would say, China. China. <laughs> I mean, what, what a place to start, China. Who could have predicted that? Oh, God, you know what? I was- <laughs> Didn't we just do an episode that was <laughs> something about lockstepping or something, was it? Or 201? No, no, really? Yeah, you had Operation Lockstep um, from the Rockefeller Foundation, which outlined the pandemic starting in China. Event 201, which, which was, was literally Gates, weeks. A whole lot, yeah, John Hopkins University and all their mob, yeah. And then, yeah, even in the movie Contagion, where from China, from a bat, it, I, it's just crazy. It's great but I kind of want to look at, you know, why China would be the perfect place yeah. for this to start. Because China is, is already at where the powers that be globally want the rest of the world to be. Yeah. It's already there. It's already a technocratic, totalitarian prison <laughs> where the people just do as they're told. That's you know, they, the, the, they've managed to incubate this system of control that they want to play out globally. And in the West, you know, we, we still pay lip service to the ideas of freedom and democracy, but not in, in China. No, no. I mean, their freedom and democracy has been crushed with their souls and spirits, pretty much. And we, we as uh, the Western world are actually quite almost blissfully unaware of it, you would probably say. I mean, you, you yourself as I've actually been to China, so we don't really know what the model of China's like, do we? I think because like China is like such a big superpower, mm. I feel like like North Korea, we can look at and say, um, you know, the dictator is balmy, the people there are living under extreme oppression and poverty, but because we sort of see China as like this big superpower and and uh, the economies on the rise and it, it, it almost feels like really China will be the superpower of the world like over America yeah, and, and, and sort of with the other over the Russians I mean no one ever really wants to go get kind of war with China do they? No, <laughs> no. They, I think they've got the biggest standing army of soldiers in the world yeah right and it's like you don't it's, it's almost got to the point now where people don't even want to criticise China, China. Yes. like when Trump was saying China <laughs> It's a virus that comes from China. China. Everyone was like, whoa, you can't say that. Yeah. He, he, I remember there was a bit of a people saying like, Trump's going to get himself in hot water if he keeps pushing yeah. the Chinese like that. It's yeah. kind of like this unspoken thing. Like, obviously, people were like, you don't stir the dragon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Obviously, people thought it was racist as well. Like, There was one particular reporter I remember was like, she might have even been Asian herself. I actually can't can't remember. But she said to him, "Why do you keep referring to it as the China virus?" <laughs> and his response was, "Because it comes from China." China. <laughs> and 
it, yeah, it was kind of like, oh, God, you know, it was a bit like when they were calling it the Indian variant. When they had no yeah. right to do so, of course. Yeah. Yeah, it, straight away, it was like, that's just a bit racist because it's like, what, why, how is that important here? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and it comes from India, the Indian variant. They're to blame. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. it makes and, and, and like, how do you know as well? I always found that strange with like the Indian thing, but yeah, it was it was also this undercurrent, like you said, of oh, you can't, you know, you don't want to ruffle China's feathers. No, no. Like it's not just the fact that it's racist; it's it's this this, this other unspoken thing of like, don't fuck with well, China. I think I think it's like back to like what you were saying about their regime. Like they have such a tight knit oppression and regime on their people and in their government that it's almost like it's. It's almost like they they don't know, their people don't really know what's going on in the rest of the world. Yeah. By the same account, the rest of the world doesn't really know what's happening in China. Exactly. And, yeah, I have I have been to China a, a, a few times, and I, I was quite shocked that you couldn't, for example, just go on Google or just go on Facebook. Yeah. All of these things were, were banned. They have, like, this kind of... Um, you know, outrageously censored internet yeah. where everything you see is 1984, like approved by the party kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy, you know, our internet in the West now is becoming more and more like China. Well, it is. With, it's the, with the rampant censorship. And the algorithms rampaging through Facebook and shadow banning smallest pictures and posts that you even dare yeah, question right. their question and their to, So to get on Facebook or check your emails in or go on Google, you, you had to download something called a VPN, right. which actually kind of... Um, I'm not very techy, so this is not going to be a good... It, 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 it diverted the signal or something, you know what I mean? Okay. It was like something that you downloaded on your computer that either scrambled something or directed it somewhere else so you could go on these sites. But it was a right palaver to do it. And I just remember thinking, this is mental. But here we are, and the censorship that is now here in the West, it reeks of it. One of the things that I want to talk about is like how... So much of the knock-on effects of the pandemic have just been making the West more like China. Yeah. And and on purpose. Not just this is a happy accent, everyone. We're starting to become more like the Chinese democracy. No, this, yes. is, this is a plan. Yeah. And 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 the as uh, Guns N' Roses call it, the Chinese democracy. Oh, that was the uh, long-awaited album. Oh, oh yeah, from, from them. I think they made people wait about. <laughs> I can't even remember. Was, Fifteen years, twenty years. It was a long time. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, what what Doctor Dre to, detoxes to hip hop to be rock. A die-hard like Guns N' Roses fan, just be like, what's it gonna be here, man? I've been waiting fourteen years. That'd be good. Fifteen years later, it's here. <laughs> it's apparently quite quite a good record, but um. Yeah, Chinese democracy is that uh, is it's its own brand of democracy. It's it's not. I mean, after the the Mao uh, revolution, China became a democracy, and the people there believed that they have freedom. And I know you could argue, in, in a sense, even those of us that live in the West, we we mm. don't really know what real democracy or real freedom is like, but. People in China, the only basis for comparison they have is like actual communism yeah. and tyranny. <laughs> like, so what they have now is compared to that, 
a vast improvement. There's a lot of people in China that like the system, that like the regime, because they're like, well, it's better than before. When we were just, yeah, like I said, living under tyranny, so. But compared to what we're used to, it's it's like a prison. There's obviously still a huge rich-poor divide. I mean, the rich-poor divide in China is, is outrageous. Well, they've got more people living in absolute poverty compared to, yeah. like, the, the balance of this country where we have quite a lot of people living in poverty, but oh, still yeah. a lot of people living quite well. And know? they've got such a huge... Pop- I mean, I'm, I'm not exactly sure of the population in China, but it's 1.2 billion or so. Like, mm-hmm. it's a lot of people. Doors to the UK, doesn't it? Oh, 62 million, 64 million have we got? 64, I think, now? Yeah, so there's like this huge, huge divide between rich and poor, no real middle class, and those people that are living in like abject poverty are like living hand to mouth. Like, if if they go against the system, they're they're done for. Like through the basic income wage and social credit score system, they have a system where most of the population are completely dependent on on the state. Yeah, and through this point system, they basically have to do whatever they're told, otherwise. The money stops, or they they end up on what what they call um, a blacklist or a red list. <laughs> but it's, it's 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 basically like that episode of Black Mirror called uh, Nosedive. Yeah, the Nosedive episode, where the woman has the credit score system and she's every sort she's of trying to get to a wedding, wedding, yeah, yeah, and every sort of interaction she and had. having the worst day ever. Kind yeah, of thing. yeah, yeah, and every sort of bad interaction relates to somehow her credit score getting lowered and giving her less options to get through her day successfully. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. And and it could be something as little as having a bad encounter with a... Um, oh, the shop assistant. A shop assistant yeah, or something. Yeah. So, you, oh, you're a rude customer, so your score goes down or you, or you um, got onto a train without a ticket or little things, but they all affect your score and it, it it affected her score until it basically went down to zero and, and then she was just like, like, a low, like the lower <laughs> class of, 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 of the society even though it's well, she just, was just having to hitch rides at the motorway and stuff just just to get to this place because it because everything was shut down to her she couldn't get on a train or which is cr- crazy when you think about it yeah but so similar to china their social credit score can go up or down not just depending on their like credit but on how they behave so, for example, you wouldn't be able to buy airline tickets if your score was too low. If, if, if your score was low enough, you, you can't even, like, cross borders, let, let alone get, get on a flight. You cannot leave yeah, the country. You probably like restricted like provinces and something like that. Yeah. yeah. So most people that live in China, that they, they've never left. There's such a huge percentage of the population that couldn't even leave if they wanted to. Good, good way of keeping them all under control in the right yeah. place, isn't it? Yeah, so as far as I know, it, it started with more like um, a credit score, but not a social credit score. Like it started with a company called Zima Credit. So they they sort of scored you on your credit history, but then over time, like behavior also got factored into it as well. So it wasn't just like how good you're- You are managing your, your income and your funds and how you, where you are living within your means. Yeah. yeah. it's. It's a step beyond. So, like, even to, like, listen to this. So, if, if someone's tracked playing video games, right. the hours that they're playing, they're th- that that would decrease their score because they're thinking, well, you're lazy, you've got too much time on your hands, that's not contributing to society in any way. Hey, man, I just got to, like, level 1,000 on Grand before online. How do you, what do you mean I'm not contributing <laughs> to society? No, you, you would literally be doomed. <laughs> doomed? 
That's been 5,000 hours of my life to get to that level. <laughs> now, yeah. now I can lose money because of it. Yeah, I mean, you're a G in the game. But uh, <laughs> the outside world, you're, yeah, broke, you're, broke you're broke smashing it in Grand Theft Auto. In the real world, you're broke as fuck. <laughs> but yeah, on the flip side, if you're out, silly example, but like buying nappies, say, the algorithms will be like, oh, you know, you're probably a parent, so responsible, like you'll get, you'll get points, right? So it's like, you're a lazy lay about playing computer <laughs> games. Do, 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 do. Oh, you're out buying nappies, you know. Do, 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 do. Or am I doing the sounds the right way around? Yeah. Is that, was one up, one down? Or? <laughs> you know what I'm getting at. <laughs> no, it's actually got me thinking. I was like, is there any way of like getting around that? I was like, could you sort of be at the store buying nappies but have your PS portable with you and it's like it's I'm not, really confused I'm not really sure what you're doing hang on he's playing games but he's he's actually taking his child for a walk uh, no we'll just max him up you're sitting there like got to level 900 last night stupid stupid social credit source system got it murked yeah so in a similar way interacting with people being trustworthy by the system raises your score your score while presumably Quite you know, God forbid anyone come into close contact with me. <laughs> yeah, so the company you keep is is also going to affect your score. So just like in the Black Mirror episode, you could find yourself not just outcasted by the system, but outcasted by society itself. Yeah. People wouldn't want to be associated with you because, oh, he's, he's got a low score. Yeah. Don't yeah. want to be associated with him. Like he could lower my score. Yeah, yeah he could lower my score. <laughs> Exactly, like score as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean? I've been shopping at Waitrose. God forbid I have to go to Londis. Yeah, like I've even read that good, well-scoring citizens are celebrated and their pictures have been like displayed outside town halls while bad citizens, you know, they find it difficult to apply for a job. They might even, you know, display... I mean, how like dystopian is that? Like, it's like something from Blade, Blade Runner, like, to, you know... You can imagine like people's faces and you know, like that like name and shame, you know. This person has scored zero. <laughs> like, Harsh. This person didn't say hello this morning to their postman. You know, you can imagine the horrible sort of things that they dig up on you as well. You didn't recycle your rubbish last week. You threw the the metal in with the plastic. Oh god no. What what is kinda of like the system's designed to be like objective, so you can't deduct points from your neighbours for being rude, for example. So it's kind of different to the Black Mirror episode in that sense. You're not scoring each other, yeah. but ultimately it does like it. It relies on a government determined list of what counts as good and bad behaviour, <laughs> and it, it, it's still a social credit score system in the same way as the nosedive episode of Black Black Mirror. But you're not you're not technically scoring each other. It's kind of worse in a way because it's all just centrally controlled by yeah the government. I mean, that's a bit like one, it's whatever the government says or does. I mean, like you said, it's all just controlled by one rhythm. So it's whatever the government says or wants you to do, which will get you. Kind of like, kind of like in our social media episode where we were sort of saying, well, who's deciding what is information and misinformation or who's deciding what's harmful and not harmful? You know, who's deciding what qualifies you as a good or bad citizen or what is good or bad behaviour. You know, well, suddenly the state is deciding that. I mean, you, there, there'd be obvious moral choices that would, would, would lead you to being a good citizen and acting well. But, but That's what the law's for. But 
at the same way, not for it to be used as a weapon of control for you. Yeah, you can't go out and kill people, rape people, rob people without there being some sort of consequence. If you get caught, you know, you're going to get thrown in jail, whatever else. So there's laws to stop people doing like really heinous things. But if, if we're talking down to like playing computer games for too many hours or, you know, like not buying enough nappies <laughs> or like basically just having a bad day or being rude to someone or whatever else. I mean, this is this is insane. It's actually quite worrying, if anything, because that takes individual freedom. Like, we should be allowed to be individuals to make mistakes, right? Yeah. To accidentally drop litter, like, when we don't mean to or anything, anything that we would probably look down upon ourselves. Perfect. We're not perfect. There's plenty of times that people out there like yourselves would probably do something that you might feel bad about but it doesn't necessarily make you a bad person it's that's what you have a conscience for you don't need a fucking app with a scoring system <laughs> the, gun, gonna, the government to tell you yeah there's in turn then going to affect you putting food on your table yeah and what it reminds me of is like a toxic relationship say like someone's boyfriend is really controlling like they control how much time they spend on social media when and where they see their friends how often they can go out and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know or these types like what, even, you know like and even what how they talk oh, how they talk, talk how they dress yeah. what what they eat and when someone tells you a story like this you say to them oh my god you, you're in a toxic relationship this is serious this is psychological abuse just like the movie gaslighting that we were talking about it's a type of psychological emotional abuse that if it was being done by anyone other than the government, you would straight away say, this is abuse. Yeah, Yeah. so like I said before, it, it kind of started more to do with credit history. So like most most people in China, after the Mao revolution, like they they didn't have any kind of credit history. Well, they probably didn't have much money from families, leftover wealth and stuff, yeah. Yeah, so there was a type of credit that homeowners could build up by paying their mortgage on time and by finding other ways to measure how much of a credit risk someone is, you can maximise the number of people that they can lend money to. And then over time, this idea of like a social credit based on behaviour crept in. But people were loving this. They were they, they were even showing off their high scores as like a badge of honour on social media, like, like how people get in the jab on. Well, it's like, it's oh, I got my job. Yeah. Well, it's like, I mean, it sort of like shows their compliance. Like, hey, look at me. I've got with the program. You know, and the program served me fine. You know, I've taken the jab now. I'm getting my freedoms back. I I'll served be, the system. I'll be going on holiday soon because I've had my vaccine. Look at my badge of honour for now in China, like we say. You know, I've, I've gone by what the government tells me to do. And look how proud I am by them giving yeah. me a certificate to say so. That doesn't seem like a thing to be proud of. That seems no. like... What it reminds me of is like, I wouldn't even want to call it a badge of honour. For me, it's like a gold star. You know, like when you're a kid and the, and the teacher's like, you get a gold star for being the best pupil. It's, <laughs> it's kind of like people showing off this kind of stuff on social media. It's pathetic Yeah, to me. It's absolutely pathetic. It's almost like some kind of sort of virtue signaling as well. Like, look at me getting with this. You know, you, you shame on you if you're not sort of getting... Look at my gold star. Getting with the cause. Don't you want a gold star, too? But you even get 
entitled to like in in China, you even get entitled to perks such as like reserving a hotel room without a deposit or like free umbrella rental and stuff Crikey. like that. Jesus, so it's like the more compliant you are, you get like real, you know little rewards like good doggy. <laughs> but if you don't, you're slowly outcasted from the system, and like heaven forbid you speak out about the system. Like, say you had a podcast like we do and, like, an Instagram account, like the Schism one, like, you're, that is going to negatively affect your credit score in a big way. Oh, dude. We, the same as if you go to marches we, or rallies or anything like that. I don't think we'd even have a credit score system. You and, <laughs> you and me would be in prison in China, mate. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. We would be in prison. We, you know what? If it's and ever, I don't think we do well. Yeah, if, it's ever, if we ever do end up in the Chinese democracy, we'll be bringing you episode 252 from Wormwood Strokes. Strokes. <laughs> We'll be in cell block H, coming you live and direct from cell 05. Yeah. We'll be podcasting through the Walrus. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all in Morse code, but... <laughs> you, you'll know Morse code by now, so you'll be able to decipher it all. Shall we get going, mate? Tap, 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 Yeah, it's, it's a long listen. <laughs> I mean, the format's changed a bit since now we've become more like China, but, you know, just got to roll with the times, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> the same would go for going to a protest. You know, if you went to a protest in China, that's why everyone has got their face completely covered, yeah. goggles or masks, or, you know, they don't want to be seen there because, again, that would affect your... Oh, it looks bad on them. It's not... And the thing is... It's going to affect them. I, f- I feel like if the credit score, you know, the basic income wage and the credit score system comes over to here and comes over to the West, which I do think that is one of the aims of this whole agenda, this whole pandemic is to, you know, it, if you really want to boil it down, the pandemic is a vehicle to bring in the China model of control to the rest of the world. Yeah. And everything that has happened so far has made the West more like China. Yeah. Everything. Absolutely. And my, my worry is if the basic income wage comes over here, people are going to be at such a level of, destitution and dependency on the state they've had their livelihoods taken away from them their jobs they're in a desperate situation they're going to go oh yeah this is great give me more oh but it comes with a social credit score system oh well you know that that seems fine i mean i'm a good citizen i do pay my bills and stuff yeah i'll welcome this it's like the classic sort of similar to say after 9-11 when all these uh, secrecy the privacy laws uh, the Privacy laws were being changed. People, it, it was sort of like, well, if you've got nothing to hide, why why should you worry about it? If you're not a terrorist, it's, it's kind of the same as this. Yeah. Like, well, why should you be worried if you're a good citizen? But the point is, once this... Measured against what, though? Who's me- That's yeah. the thing, isn't it? Measured yeah. against... And what if it gets to a point, like it definitely will, where you can't even speak out about the system? You, you can't even take to the street and protest. What if your social credit score system is crush, crushing you in 10 years' time and you want to go out and protest about it, but you know if you do, yeah. they could put you in prison? Well, then yeah. you're fucked then, aren't you? And what protection have you got if your government suddenly turns completely tyrannical? You're like, oh, didn't think of that. Because then you are screwed because you've got no freedoms. You're completely dependent on the state yeah. and dependency is control. 
You can't go against the state because you rely on the state for everything. Exactly. You can't even put food on your table without them. You know, it will be employment or your health benefits or even how your kids, what hospital your kids get born into, a good facility. You have nothing. You'd be stripped, stripped bare. Because if you've not got a business of your own, a livelihood of your own, you know, you can be controlled in that way because if you're just relying on the government, like, Oliver Twist style, please sir, can I have some more? You have no power. You've handed over all your power. And once they've got the majority of the population in that position, they can do whatever they want. And and Mm. people can't speak up or say no to it. And that's why China, to bring it back to the original point, that's why China was the perfect place for this to start. Not just because they want to roll this regime out to the rest of the world, but because they knew... in place and how it works. Yeah, and they knew that they wouldn't say no. If they said to the Chinese population, right, you're going under lockdown, you cannot leave your homes, they're going to do as they're told. Absolutely. They, they, they do not for one minute, you're going to see them line up with placards in the streets and protest. No way. They're not going to be flaunting <laughs> the rules in the same way that people were I mean, here. parties. <laughs> yeah, like breaking the rule of six. Like It's not going to be fun and games to them. Like no. They're going to... Firstly, they're going to believe every word and be like, oh, my God, deadly virus, it's here, do whatever we're told. And secondly, there's major repercussions to not doing that, as in being completely fucking outcasted by society. We're not not talking police turning up to a party and issuing a little fine. We're talking about this affecting your mortgage, you know, and stuff. Yeah, it's not going to be a slap on the wrist. And and you don't know any different. You just do what you're damn well told. That's, That's all you've ever known. When COVID finally hit us in the UK, people weren't taking, at, at the very start, no, loads of people weren't taking it seriously. I say no. we got a lockdown and blah, blah, blah. But I was going to the park or seeing people on the beach and, you know, down in the South End and whatever else. It's like, oh, people aren't really taking this seriously. But in, in China, they did. They, they did actually lock down and not leave their homes whatsoever. And all the rules were stringently enforced and obeyed. And really, it set the blueprint for the rest of the world. Yeah, so there's a funny story from 2016. I almost wondered if this particular incident was what the Black Mirror episode was oh, really? inspired by. Charlie Brooker's uh, looks around for the best stuff in the world, so I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah, a lawyer found himself unable to buy a plane ticket because of an insincere apology. What? And the apology was court ordered and had officially been judged hollow. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and reportedly in part because he'd sent it on April Fool's Day. Oh, goodness <laughs> gracious me. And I'd love it as well if, if, if that was like completely uh, upright. It, was, it, it wasn't deliberate at all. Can you imagine? Yeah, he actually... I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know it was April Fool's Day. It was just a serious Oh, Jesus, what have I done? It was all in the tone. Yeah. How could you tell? (laughs) But the failed apology meant that he failed to comply with a court order which landed him on a government blacklist. And, and, and these blacklists, like I mentioned, mentioned (laughs) earlier, they like contain millions of names and you can end up on one of these lists from spreading false information to being caught like smoking on a train or dropping litter or something like that. And the results of going on one of these blacklists can be severe, like beyond losing access to certain forms of transport. Like it could stop you from buying a house or 
sending your kids to certain schools, all kinds of stuff. Could you imagine this poor guy had his whole family's future set up in front of him? Kids going to lovely private schools, you know, wife's doing really well, stay at home, he's at a good job, earns a lot of money, and then he chooses the wrong day of the year to send an apology. <laughs> April Fools! The April Fools was on him, wasn't it? <laughs> then he just said at the end, only kidding, we're not putting you on a blacklist. We're putting you on a red list. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, they have like red lists as well. <laughs> and like, they, uh, they have like blacklists for like businesses as well. Or businesses that like do bad business, you know, break contracts or like fail to pay like taxes. And, 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 and then, sorry, the red lists actually are like, for like compliant firms, so that's that's like the good list. It's it's it's, it's like Santa basically, <laughs> like a, a naughty list, you know, a nice list and a naughty list. Literally, isn't it? Oh, like, one of the, the Chinese God, I hope I make the nice list this year. <laughs> one of the Chinese come way up at Chinese New Year and look at how many people on the good list and the naughty list, and they think, well, these will get the presents, which is basically a good next year of credit. All the people being naughty, be like, your credit's fucked for next year. No, it's more like. More like old school Christmas, like a lump of coal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I was getting. I thought I was getting a PlayStation Five. I got, I got a glass of sherry and a carrot. <laughs> but even if you were working for a company that was on the red list, like uh, like an especially like compliant like firm, mm. it's still judged on an individual basis. So you could still have a shit. Oh Christ! That's, that's not fair. So you could be basically working for a charity for like promoting like world, but you play a lot of computer games. <laughs> yeah, 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 like you support world hunger. You're working this work, work for Peter and like the WWF, and it's like this geezer spends too much time on his phone. It's like Jesus Christ, I'm playing Animal Crossing. I just love animals. <laughs> so the Chinese government has like a long history of you know this kind of data collection. Anyway, mm. and, and and they used to have it's like a personal record system. Uh, yeah, the, uh, dang, dang. and uh, what's it? It's with the, the huku, isn't it? The household record system. That was it. The other one, yeah, the dang, and that huku. Yeah, used to control migration and employment for decades. The only difference being now is that technology obviously makes it easier to like compile and share the the blacklists, which are a collaborative effort between the many different departments of government. So what feeds into the social credit score majorly in China is the intense surveillance system they have set up and this facial recognition software. I take it you've seen this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they make uh, George Orwell's Nightmare before. Look. It's more like Terminator, like, <laughs> you know, yeah. like through the through the ter- like on no, like, vision, <laughs> scanning, yeah, scanning, Tar- scanning targets, But it, it it does it sort of targets the people's faces. It draws a little square around them and kind of does this like facial mapping. And and, and what's quite eerie, well, quite eerie. I mean, it couldn't be more eerie, could it? it couldn't be more dystopian. <laughs> like we're like we're comparing it to Terminator. You know what I mean? Like, but what, what else it reminded me of straight away was, you know, like these like, yeah, like apps or things that are on TikTok where it's like, turn your face into a frog or oh, yeah. like a pup. We, like <laughs> now I've got a, a puppy ears and a big tongue hanging out. They map your face yeah. and you just feel like, is that what all this was about? Like literally like 
scanning everyone's faces or scanning as many faces as possible to build a data bank because I'm sure they had to do that in China but they probably couldn't use that one because it was just Asian people <laughs> you know what I mean it's just, just Chinese people good point good point so it's like they need to have as many Western faces in their bank as possible yeah and how they're going to build up that data bank and I think it's been through these bloody apps and, and how viral did that go I mean, it, it, there was a point where you were just thinking, bloody hell, if I see one more person, I'll... Like, oh, seeing, dog's face. Um, I mean, I must admit, I think... It wasn't I, just people posting it. I was literally seeing people in real life with their phones. Like, and I was like, I know exactly what you're doing. You're playing on one of them stupid bloody apps. <laughs> and like, even people then that were a bit sort of switched on were like, I think that's bad. You know, it's like scanning your face, like blah, blah, blah. Like, there, there were certain people that were a bit switched on going... Hang on. They would sound like the nutters of today, yeah, yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. realising that they actually could have been onto something. Well, when you see this this uh, facial mapping in real time on one of these surveillance cameras, it's literally that. Yeah. You're like, oh, that's where they got it from. <laughs> they, they were building a data bank of faces well, that weren't all Chinese. Now I get it. Especially if you have to see your face up there, you'd be like, oh. When was that? Oh, that time I was using a bloody app. <laughs> well, it was worth it. I mean, I did get a good Facebook post out of it. They got 17 likes, just the most I've ever read. And then doggies did look hilarious. I like that one. I still love it now. <laughs> so, like, this thing will scan your face and literally, like Terminator, it'll be like, your name will appear next to it, like Sarah Connor, okay. your, your age. You'll your... know exactly everything about you. Like your vaccination status, I can imagine, would uh, be on there. Oh, yeah, I'd be at the top of priorities. Criminal records. Yeah. Hey, social credit score, how well your finances are. Zero. <laughs> how good your relationship? How good your relationship status is? Hasn't had sex for five years. Single. Chronic masturbator. <laughs> it's, got, it's got your whole like porn history on it, like freak. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Sexual freak. From anything, you think any interaction you have with a phone or any electrical device, device in China that you have to log on with your name or some sort of identification, give that all this information to them. You, you are like pl- plugged and tapped into a system now, dude. You know, this is the thing with the whole facial recognition. You know, you made the point about the blacklisting. What happens if you're blacklisted and you just want to go, like, on a train or something? But okay. at the station, there's, like, facial recognition. And you're like, it's just a train journey. It's, I, it's like a mile. Yeah. I, I don't want to walk that. You can't. Even if you try to get on it with a fake ticket, they're super like... They spot you. They spot you. The, the surveillance system they have now is so... Advanced, so sophisticated, can yeah. it can even trace people if they've got masks on, which a lot of them have gone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah only, let's face it, in China, they've only got the eyes to work on at the moment, haven't they, this facial recognition system. Even if they've got a face mask on or whatever, it doesn't matter. They would have to be, just like you've seen the protesters in, in Hong Kong, where they're completely covered their faces, masks, goggles. We could, get them from and the, we could probably scan their retinas. 
Yeah, right. you can scan their eyes and be like, these retinas, this, these, particular, these exact particular DNA shape of eye and retina even scan. They might even be able to tell good your eyesight is. They might even be able to get you like that. If you're wearing contacts, is it definitely that person because they're wearing contacts they, on the history they, they got contacts. probably, That's using the facial mapping as well, still kind of get the general outline. Or well, the, the jawline. Jaw yeah, the cheek line, cheekbone yeah. line. Even if you've got a mask on, well, they can still map the face over the mask or whatever, like, but the protesters, not only do they completely cover their faces, but they go that they go the extra mile to, uh, and hundreds of them all at once, uh, shining laser pointers in all the facial recognition cameras because it confuses them and they can't track them. Oh, so they've sort of found all these ways to kind of like this is how, this is how our brothers and sisters over, over in Asia are getting away with it, dude. You know, this is how they're rebelling. They're taking laser pens out with them. Good on them. Yeah. Boys and girls oh, over, yeah. over there in the audience. You should see the, the protests in Hong Kong and the protesters oh. are so well organised, they're handing out shields, like homemade shields out of like dustbin lids or anything they can find. They're using like umbrellas as shields and have like hold, like a whole line, first line of defence. They, they, they've got laser pointers. They've got like systems where they're like passing stuff down the line like we need more shields and then they're like who 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 like passing they're so well organized they put our protest to shame it, they're unbelievable and that's how you know how bad things are over there because you're like bloody hell this is like a people's army yeah so it's not like carrying it carrying a banner like damn with this is damn. like this is like some like <laughs> some highly organized regimented shit here yeah Fair play to them. Yeah, literally. Good on them. So if you get caught at a protest, like I said before, school will go down, or you've got, say, you've got caught shoplifting food for your family, or yeah. buying drugs, or even being rude, which or a bad you, customer. Which if you think, like, some of those things, you might be in a desperate situation where you actually had yeah. to do. You know, yeah, right, yeah. yeah. Well, it, that's the point. Just like in that Black Mirror episode, it's going to go down exponentially, isn't it? But because we all know we've all had bad days. Yeah, of course. Um, say you wake up in a bad mood, you know, one thing goes wrong, you get angry about it because you got angry, that makes things even worse, and then something else happens. You, Capitulates. Your day just spirals, doesn't it? It does. And it would be the same with this credit score system because suddenly your money would go right down because your money goes right down. Maybe you have a blazing argument with your wife. Next thing you know, you're drowning your sorrows at the, at the pub. Or, well, I don't think, I'm well, not even sure. I'm, I'm not thinking China is just the same as here. Like, next thing you know, you're down the rose and crown. I don't really think it's like that. But Six sinking five stellars. <laughs> Shutting up the bar, mate. No, it's not, it's not London. But you know what I mean? Like, you, you in turn make another bad choice. Which kind of affects, which directly affects your score. And then down and down and down you go. And just like the, the nosedive episode, yeah, before you know it, you're like rock bottom. You you can just see how it how it could spiral. Yeah, and you've got the fucking pressure as well. Like fucking hell, the score's gone down again. Like you, you can imagine the panic. Like oh fucking hell. Speaking of scores, yeah. Like can you imagine the panic? Like my score's gone down, and you're like treading on eggshells. Like I can't do anything else wrong, but because you're so fucking panicked, you're like suddenly you're like looking at your phone. You realise that you're jaywalking or something else. <laughs> like, <laughs> you might do something really you won't realise you'll be like looking at your credit score so much and working to like walking to a tattoo shop or a sex a sex shop or something <laughs> oh god 
yeah, or like you're like a bad customer. So he's sort of like, you you know, you were looking at your phone the whole time. I didn't, I didn't get a thank you from you as I packed your groceries. Oh God, I did it again. Yeah, because your mind's somewhere else. Like, imagine if you were just focusing on like being a good citizen. I've got to be a good citizen. Paranoia. The paranoia, the, the paranoia, the, the anxiety, the anxiety that you would go through as a citizen of that country, knowing that you're constantly, and bear in mind now, we've got facial records and mission systems, which means you can be seen everywhere. These bad choices that you might inadvertently not mean to make yeah. will be spotted, will be caught. Yeah, by if you chuck like a cigarette butt on the floor, it's just you're, be, you're going to be seen yeah, doing that. Yes. So don't tell me that this is a good thing, having this thing, because... In the way that China works, this whole model now is made, made for pure control. And again, it reeks of what you're starting to see come in with the unvaxxed, especially in places that are further on in the script, let's say Australia, for example, where they're already talking about, oh, you could be banned from using public transport or medical care. I mean, I've even heard people in this country, like politicians or celebrities saying, well, the unvaxxed, you know, they, they, they shouldn't be allowed to rely on the NHS. They, they, shouldn't, they shouldn't have medical care like because we're selfish, irresponsible, blah, blah, blah. Well, I, mean, I, I heard this thing recently. I heard this thing recently. You, I think I said it to you. It was the Australian politician. I remember how he said, dude. He said, well, that, you know, if they're not going to get vaccinated, they'll just get left behind and that'll be there for. I was like, well, fucking, what do you mean they'll be there for? Like, it's almost like well, you don't care. Like you, you've literally just—they deserve it. They, That's what they're saying. You, you, they, so basically, their sovereign right and their free choice and free will as a person. You're just throwing away and going to mandate a vaccine which you know nothing about, and you're just a paid little civil servant like everyone else delivering their messages for this whole this whole madness. You know, just another paid fool at the temple of a board reading off a script he knows nothing about. But it's exactly the same repercussions for having a bad credit score system in China. So you're banned from using public transport. Mm. You know, you're, you you can't get medical care. You won't be able to cross borders or board a plane. And, it, and it's like, sound familiar? The COVID ID, oh, I was about to say the COVID ID. It's not called that, is it? <laughs> the, the, um, passport. The Vax passport, mm. yeah. It, it's just like, it's just a, really, it's like a stalking horse for this, this full-on social credit score system. Yeah. It's just under the guise of, of health, but, yes. but it, it reeks of it. Yeah. And, and I, I've, been, I've been to China and I, I went to Shanghai and um, Beijing, went there for a business trip, didn't like it much, I have to say. But times when we were like in, in the city, for example, Lost, which, which was a couple of times we just were like, didn't know uh, where we were. Be, be to Asia, their, their cities are pretty big and they're quite engulfing. That's yeah, and it's not like you, you you can read the signs or something, you're like, ah, that's <laughs> not helping me. So a few times we were like, we're going to have to ask someone, you know, where the train station is, for example. Or just use a map and point, get the basics, like you yeah. point on a map and hopefully they just point to you on a map and you'll be like, oh. And there was one time where I, I can't remember if it was going from one city to the other or actually getting the plane home, but we were in a rush. Right. I think, I think we were rushing to get a coach. And yeah, that was it. Um, and we needed to find the coach station. And I was like, right, well, I'm going to have to ask some people. Well, every person I went up to, like, hello, excuse me, sorry. I just, and they were just like, no, no, no. They didn't want to stop. They didn't want to talk to me. Many of them had masks on and they were just like head down, you know, on to wherever they wanted to go. Like mm. People say people in London that 
are rude or people in New York are rude. But if you don't look like a homeless person or a drug addict and you go up to someone like, excuse me, sorry to bother you, uh, do you know where the train station is? So they're going to stop and help you or say, oh, sorry, mate, I don't yeah. live around here or yeah, something. I'm, I'm, they're not just going to go, no, 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 no. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, we are often, I mean, those are the ones I should be pretty quite afraid of. Those are the sort of two stereotypes that we get And even them are stopped for. Yeah, even, I know yeah, what they're going to say. Yeah, you those like, like, excuse me, mate. I know what's coming and I'm still like, yes. And they're like, you, you, have, you got, have you got 50 pounds for a night to stay? <laughs> a night costs 50 pounds. <laughs> I thought we'd get a shelter for a tenner. What's that the 40 quid for? Mm. I was thinking more 50p. Does that work? <laughs> so, yeah, even those people, I know, like you said, but... Those people. Those people. The that's, vagrants. The vagrants. That's harsh. I, I love all members <laughs> of society. All, I love all parts of human. Oh, I've got to say, you you, you definitely uh, stop and give money to the homeless more more than I do. I got, I got targeted so bad in San Francisco, dude. The San Francisco people, they got me hard in San Francisco. I, my, my empathy was preyed on. It was really bad. You're always stopping, oh, oh go on, yeah. Even yeah. if it's like, yeah, just like, yeah, yeah. your change or whatever. Yeah. I, I, I didn't notice that. I, it's because I'm, about I'm you. you know, it's because I'm approachable. I might just tell, tell this one for the podcast. You're an easy touch. Easy touch. I took two quick little jokes about a scam to get money over. A guy came over to me in uh, San Francisco. Hey, man. I just want to stop and ask you, do, do you know about what the greatest nation is in the world? And I like, I was new to San Francisco. They told me it was a big homeless community. They were trying to get a buck here and there off you. And I was I was like, oh, what, what do you mean greatest nation in the world? I was completely confused, dude. And the guy's like, you know, man, what's, what's the greatest nation <laughs> in the world? And I was like, greatest nation? And I was all like thinking, I was like, um, he wants you to say well, America. I was, well, I was like, America? And he was like, God damn, no, it's not America. And I started started shaking. He was like, the greatest nation is donation. And I was like, oh, God, like, so could you donate me? Could you donate me a dollar? And at that, I gave him a dollar. I think I gave him two. That game is strong. That is a strong game. I thought I'd let people know about that. I thought it was a heavy game in San Francisco from a homeless beggar who, as far as I know, could be a multimillionaire just dressed as a homeless beggar. <laughs> with a line like that, he might be. I mean, who doesn't he get a dollar off with that line? Only someone that's heard the line before. They're like, yeah, donation, I know, mate. You called me last week. Oh, shit. Yeah, but he, he gets everyone once, and there's a lot of people. If he gets like a dollar off every person. <laughs> but the point was being, the point you're saying is, yeah, people are at least relatable, dude. Even the people that you think might be sort of social outcasts, or they might, oh, he looks a bit like, oh, like, you know, like a generous society, God bless them. But you still find a way of conversing with them. They might be in need and help. And you think, even if, yeah, I'll just stop and help them. They yeah. might be like just lost. If someone comes up to you and asks, you for directions to the station or something you uh, even if you don't know you at least say oh sorry I don't know I don't live here or something you you, you don't just ignore them but I was and I was getting really distressed by the end of it like oh my god we're never going to find this place no one will stop and talk to me it was like I was a leper I was like excuse me excuse me people like darting out of the way people were sort of giving me this look as if to say like, why are you stopping and talking to me yeah like, please, like, do you not know just, you know a, no yeah. one does that over here like, they're almost like looking at you like why aren't you behaving like do you want to bring my score down <laughs> fraternising with the likes of you <laughs> you you and your red hair yeah they just didn't want yeah 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 cause, you know uh, to them I probably look like a no good like thug or like punk like some, like, some punk kid. like some sort of punk triad from, from the west yeah yeah I'm definitely not a conformist in my sort of get up so you know, I was really 
I, I didn't really Warty, take that into Warty account. Curtis going out. Woo, woo. <laughs> they just did not want to give me the time of day and they didn't want to stop and kind of reminded me of what my friend Ivy, who is from China, mm. had told me actually before we went on the trip. She, she came on the trip with us as our friend and was also a, tra- a translator. But unfortunately, she wasn't with us at that point. Otherwise, we might have been all right. But she she had told me that from school, she was taught a, a, a saying which was basically like, the nail that sticks out the furthest will get hit down the hardest. So whereas in the West, we're kind of taught... Celebrate individuality and... Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're like taught here in the West, just like, be yourself. And they're taught, don't stand out from the crowd. And if you do, I mean, like that saying, that's a heavy, like the that's nail that sticks out the furthest will get hit down the hardest. That's heavy, man. <sighs> Whereas like here, it's, Ooh, here it's cold. Here it's encouraged, like stand out from the crowd. It's like there, it's like, you want to stand out from the crowd? Get the hammer. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember when she told me that, I was like, that is heavy going, man. And then when we were there, I was like, now I'm seeing it. Now I'm experiencing it. These people just want to get from A to B, head down. They don't want to converse with anyone. They just want to, you know, keep a low pro. Like, and, and, and all just under the guise. Keep that score down. Yeah, and under just the guise and the fear of their government. Yes. Just their government, their tyrannical government and how they control them. Yeah. There, was, there, was, there was an oppression in the air that you could feel. Okay. In, in these big cities, I've, I've felt it. When when I was there, I was I was I was just thinking it, overall this is just not a nice atmosphere. It just you can feel the oppression. It's weighing down on me being here. I did see like another side to China as well. That in in a and I really feel like I'm, ba- I'm bashing China here. You know, my partner is Chinese, the same as all her family. A lot of my work was based in China. I have like lots of Asian friends, love Asian culture. Like I'm not bashing like Chinese people, mm. but. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm having a pop at the, the system of control over there. I feel sorry for the people that are living under this regime. But um, yeah, the, the 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 other side to China that, that I saw was that was kind of equally repulsive in its own way was this kind of real lavish side to it because we we went over there for some business meetings with some very wealthy people that wanted to get involved in in our brands as investors. And they were very much wanting to show us like a good time. Oh, I'll take you out to these restaurants and these clubs and stuff. But it was so over the top. Like one one time we went to a restaurant and they had shut down the whole of the restaurant. So it was just us sitting there. And they like said, oh, yes, we cleared the restaurant for you. Yeah, like took a massive money hit to clear the restaurant for you. So look, now you have it all to yourself. To show, just to show, like it's like a show thing, isn't it? But then as a Westerner, I was sort of thinking, well, there's no no atmosphere now. I prefer it to be packed full of people. Now it's just a bit bloody weird. Like you can hear a pin drop. I'm just sitting in in this empty restaurant. I mean, it was mental. I wasn't thinking, yeah, man, this is living. I was like, where's the atmosphere? There was no music on. There was no one else like filling the room with with noise. It was just like the really awkward conversation. And then this is more maybe kind of like customary, you know, a a difference in cultures. But they had ordered all the courses for us and all the things off the menu that they thought we would like rather than letting us choose, right? But all the things they'd chosen, like this is the most high-priced 
uh, wine and, and, and this is the, the you know, best stuff. delicacy mm. or whatever, but some of the delicacies were like, you know, this expensive like jellyfish or something. I was like, I don't really want to <laughs> eat that, but it's very much like it would be rude not to. So like a number of times me and Gareth, my business partner, were like sort of having to eat these things that we were like, I really don't want to eat this. But they're, they're like, do you enjoy? And they always want you to eat it before then. Again, because they're like, that's, that's the they're, they're being polite. So they so a few times I was like, aren't you going to tuck in? I mean, and they were like, no, no, you first. So I was like, no, you first. <laughs> you know, like, and you're it's, like, like, it's rude not to go first. And you're like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so I'm now going to eat this thing, but I'm also going to do it in front of an audience. Like everyone <laughs> else gawping at me going, do you like it? And you're like, mmm. <laughs> Tastes like wet, I don't know, slime. <laughs> I don't know whether to swallow it or chew it or just gargle it. <laughs> you can imagine me nasty, man. Yeah, so Ew. a few of the times we sort of... So although the meal itself had costed like mega bucks, possibly even like thousands, right? We left almost like... God, should we go to the McDonald's? You know, like, <laughs> like, no, but we like left either feeling like hungry or just feeling like, oh God, I've eaten so many things that I didn't want to eat. Every new wine that they were bringing up, they were like, oh, I'll taste this one, and and they were being nice, they were being courteous, they were they were trying to show us a good time, but it was all about the money. It was yeah. all about oh, we we're going to order the most expensive things off the menu. We're going to clear the rest, well, you the, know the the rest of the restaurant just to show our power and wealth. It's like they've seen what goes on in Western culture. That's, they've got that from us. Yeah, but it's like a more extreme sort of turned up version of yeah. it. Yeah. And then when we went clubbing, it was like the same sort of thing. Like, <laughs> we, we, we were going to these, I mean, you would call them clubs because they were like big sound systems, uh, you know, massive lights. And it was like a, a club in Ibiza like manumission or, or something mm-hmm. like, but there wasn't a packed dance floor of like sweaty ravers. Most people there, nearly everyone was sitting down on sort of table service. You know, it, it, there was a very small dance floor, but the point of these clubs wasn't to go there and dance your tits off and get wrecked on Smirnoff ice and stuff like that. It was more like you go there, you sit down, you get table service, you get bottle service. There's a DJ and stuff, but between the DJ sets, there's like performances, like almost like Cirque du Soleil. People start like flying down from the ceilings and it's all like, ooh, and everyone with their phones and you're kind of thinking like, Jesus, man, like it doesn't feel like a good time, but it's all just so lavish and like, Crikey, could you imagine like me running onto the dance floor with a bag of MDMA and the rude sandstorm Let's tear this fucking roof off! Everyone just looking at me like, what the fuck you is get, going yeah, on? You get immediately chucked out of the club and then, you're, then you're, your score system is just... A <laughs> <laughs> drop on the face of this app. <laughs> the fact that it's on an app on your phone as well, so it's just always on you. I wonder if it makes a sound when it goes up, up or down. I wonder if it does give you a little ping. <laughs> so they also had, we didn't know this, right? But many of the tables were on like hydraulics. 
Like they were on platforms, right? But say you, for example, you know, sometimes in Western culture, if you go to a particularly bad club that have like a VIP section and someone orders a bottle of champagne or something, it will come with a firework. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw it out a lot in Spain, like Montbello, yeah, this kind of stuff like, like that. Junk, yeah, yeah. Where it's like, oh, I don't just want to spend big bucks on a bottle of champagne. I want like, the whole oh, place to know uh, I've spent big bucks. On a magnum that <laughs> cost me two grand. The yeah. club needs to know. Yeah, I'm a classy guy. Get the fireworks <laughs> and it sort of comes over and, and obviously it gets everyone's bloody attention as a firework in the, dark, in the club and you're and straight away it, your eyes you're sort of like I want to see where, where the prick is yeah where's this bottle going which self-indulgent prick has just ordered this five grand bottle of champagne with a sparkle out his arse and I want to have a look at this guy's face face just in case I need to punch it later. But you know that there's probably people in that club like, oh, wow, who's that? I wish I was him. It's the point is, it's not everyone would get in that drink, but it's the fact that you stick a sparkler yeah. in the end of it and you bring it over like as well, a big shh. Well, in, in China, same kind of deal, comes over with the fireworks, but then your table is... <laughs> hydraulics go up and you're elevated to godlike status within the club. And the first time it happened, I was like, bloody hell, this moves? Like, the, you know, the little kind of like row of seats that we were on just started moving. I'm like, are you kidding me? Oh, so, and, and, yeah. and it sort of like elevated, like, I was looking down on you peasants anyway, but now I'm physically looking down at you. <laughs> What's it like down there in poor land, aka the dance floor? Can you still see the sparkle of my champagne bottle glowing bright above your heads? <laughs> or does it look like a star from there? <laughs> Yeah, so there was like that going on. And then I was looking at other tables where they had so many bottles on the table that they couldn't even put a phone down. I'm talking 30, 40 bottles, more more than you could drink, right? And I said to the guy that we're with, how comes they've got so many bottles on their table? It's like seven girls or like two blokes or something like that. There's no way that they could drink that much alcohol. Hmm. What is going on there? And he said... Oh, they have bottle renting service. So you can say you want to rent 10 bottles to put on your table to just make it look like you've got a lot of bottles of alcohol on your table. You can rent the bottles. Just as an aesthetic thing, just you're, you're showing off, but you, you actually haven't. Fucking you're just it. renting them. You'd get found out quick if a group of girls joined your table and we were like, we'll have four bottles of that. And you look at the menu, you realise it's going to cost you about three grand. You're like, I don't really have three grand for yeah. four bottles of champagne. And I'll be like, what? what? You've got 12 on your table. Yeah, they're not really uh, well known, are they? Well, I mean, and again, if you wanted to relate it back to Western culture, it kind of reminds me of when these rappers have like rentals. You yeah, know jewelry, what I mean? All the jewelry stuff. They've like rented jewelry, rented cars. Especially when it comes to their music videos and that, like most of the stuff in the video is probably rented. Like, be careful with that. It's got to go back tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, don't put a scratch in that Lamborghini door. Whatever you do, don't jingle jangle that chain too much. <laughs> you lose a diamond out of that, and that's a cut of your video fee gone. <laughs> yeah, so it, it kind of reminds me of that. But again, it's turned up to eleven, and it? I mean, yeah. renting bottles that's just that's for the look. When I heard that, it blew my mind. Insane. It blew my mind. So it was, it was all about the look. It was like. It was like the, it was the, the kind of Kardashian VIP culture, but turned up to an even more grotesque high where you were just thinking, there's nothing even fun about this. Mm. Like, it's just 
sickening. And, and so many of the people there, I was looking at them and they had 30 bottles on their table, spending a fortune, got certain Soleil happening above their heads, <laughs> hydraulic bloody chair. Do you know what they were doing? They were just sitting there just looking at their phone. I've never seen so many people in a club, in inverted commas, just staring at their bloody phones or taking pictures of all the bottles or taking a selfie. Like, And that made it just so gross as well. It's like you're spending all this money on all this crap and you're not even fucking looking at it. You're just taking a picture of it or looking at your phone on, on Facebook or, or whatever they have in China. Weibo. <laughs> it was kind of like they'd got a download of decades and decades of Western culture. Like, you think in London, like <laughs> just, we... Or just booed it all at once. <laughs> like, just one drop, but like a diluted bundle. Like, just like, here it all is, without any context. So, like, in London, you and me weren't around in, in the kind of, like, rave era of the 90s, but we're aware of it. Yeah. And we were going... We go in drum and bass raving that was, like... The follow-on era. Yeah, like Helter Skelter and, you know, like uh, Skibber and Shabber. And, like, you know, we, we were part of that whole... We were going out to these drum and bass raves. We know where that come from. I remember the start of dubstep at Plastic People and and how that come from, you know, two-step garage and dub reggae. And, and I've got a sort of context for them as well because, oh, yeah, I've been to amazing dub <laughs> reggae festivals like Notting Hill Carnival and, you know, everything is put into context, you know where it all come from. Not just in dance music, in guitar music as well, rock and punk and everything. But imagine if you were just getting all of that at once. And really, you're going to be interested in the most modern stuff, which unfortunately is this Kardashian VIP uh, rap music, bling bling, you know, culture, which is really the ugliest, most shallow, empty, soulless pop culture we've ever had. You know, I never saw someone just letting loose on the dance floor and having a really good time in one of these clubs. And I never saw people just around having a real laugh and drinking or whatever and just propping themselves up at a bar, not sitting on one of these lavish tables. Like There is like underground parties and and stuff that is a bit more like youth orientated, but the, the kind of the, the, the lavish side that we saw of it was an ugly that I, I hadn't experienced in London or in America or anywhere else I've been. It, it was just gross to the max. And like they were they, the whole time they were just trying to champagne, cigars. It's like all oh, that cigars and stuff. I was like, I don't even fucking like smoking cigars, you know, like, and then, and then they were telling me, oh, these are the finest cigars. They, they're always telling they you how much money everything was. They think you know? you're like fucking Burt Reynolds or something. <laughs> like, everyone smokes cigars. Yeah. I don't. But they're the finest. They cost loads of money. It's like, give me the money. <laughs> I'd rather have the money. I'd rather have the equivalent in cash. <laughs> yeah, so getting a bit off, off the point there, but going back to my original point, you know, China was the perfect place to execute this and the perfect place for the pandemic to begin because, as we've laid out, everyone the, the, the population of China was going to do what they're told mm-hmm. and that blueprint was then going to be set for the rest of the world to follow. Indeed. China could enforce these extreme lockdowns and 
mask enforcing, mandatory testing, vaccination as a doddle. Yeah, I mean, that, that's not even be hard for them yeah. to do. And the whole pandemic didn't really last that long in China because when the cases dropped, and, and we go on to later in this episode and the next episode about how the cases can be manufactured literally out of thin air, um, but when, when they went down... They could then, of course, say, oh, lockdowns work. And all these other things, that it's not just the lockdowns, is it? It was the full blueprint, the full package, yeah. the, the mask, the lockdowns, the, the social, social distancing. distancing the yeah. social distancing. Bubbles. <laughs> but, yeah, they they can say, this is the, the way to deal with this. Look at what a great job China did. Let's follow their example. But, you know, when have we ever looked to China in the West as an example of how to respond to a crisis, let alone like run the future of our society. <laughs> and like, also, how can we trust the Chinese government, given their history of lies and corruption? They lied about SARS. They hindered, the official line is, hindered the WHO from tackling that earlier. Mm. And there was a lot of corruption and lies regarding the original SARS. You could say they kind of, well, they looked from a Western point of view to already have a pretty tainted record. So China looks like quite a good place to set this off from, really. Not just a good place, a perfect place. A perfect storm. Because they just knew how this could, this would work, This how this would play out so beautifully through China. So it's not just China that's perfect, but picking a coronavirus is also perfect because the cold and flu-like symptoms are so common it's just ridiculous yeah i mean um there was that u.s medical scientist that said if you want to pick a totally false panic about a totally false pandemic he said if you pick a coronavirus this is mainly because coronavirus is actually quite incredibly common and there's actually tons out there in the world they have a very high percentage of people become sick by other means like flu pneumonia other respiratory illnesses that are out there and they will have a positive test for covid simply because coronaviruses are so common. I mean, there are like hundreds of thousands of flu and pneumonia victims in hospitals throughout the world at any one time. We've come in contact with these coronaviruses a lot. There's a good chance that you and me right now, dude, have got bacteria from previous coronaviruses. Colds, just colds, people, just colds. Like genetic debris. Genetic debris, it's just left over in your body. And, and and what was the conversion? It was like twenty five percent of common colds are actually a coronavirus strain of cold. Yeah. So you're like, that's a one in four chance. If you yeah, like if you're gonna pick something, you want to pick something with cold and flu like symptoms because you can put that you know if we're so vague and broad, you can attach it to whatever you want. Yeah, whatever you want. A cold yeah. or the flu. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get ill much, but if I get ill, it's gonna be like a cold. Yeah. Yeah. And during the COVID era, most people that have had the sniffles or a cold straight away have gone, ooh, better get tested, could be COVID. And what, what, what makes me laugh as well is this narrative that they put out there. Like, because really, they, they really wanted a way, didn't they, that they could try and make it different from a cold or the flu. Yeah. And they were like, well, with uh, COVID, you can, you can lose your sense of uh, taste and smell. And you're like, I've had, you get that with a cold and the flu. I've had, <laughs> then I've had COVID-19, God knows how many times in my life, because I've, those yeah. symptoms are going to detach and attach to any number of colds I've had. I've been bunged up with a cold so badly that I've been eating a curry 
take like, a hot curry, like a vindaloo or something, and be like, I literally can't taste this. <laughs> but go on Google or DuckDuckGo, rather, and type in uh, symptoms of a common cold. And, uh, and one of them will be loss of taste and smell. But just like we said in the previous episode, we're a species with amnesia. We forget that because yeah. it's one of the less common symptoms. Yeah. You know you get a runny nose or, or you know, whatever, a bit of a head cold. Like, oh, but a sudden loss of taste, that sounds... It's like one it. of the more random yeah, things that maybe that, you forget. It's going to come on like a placebo effect, isn't it? Because yeah. you've been told that by the news. You could lose your sense of taste and smell. So when you get a, just a normal cold or the flu or something and you suddenly think, oh, I'm eating this curry and I can't really... T- oh, oh, my God, I've, I've lost my sense of, sense of taste. Jill, it's gone, it's gone. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're, like, you're going to lose it even further, aren't you? Yeah. Like, so like, I can't taste a bloody thing. And you're just like picking random things up in the house, like mints, like, I can't taste them. <laughs> Banana. I can't taste that. <laughs> Love of coal. Can't taste this. Oh, yeah, eating an orange, it could be an apple. Could be a potato for all I know. Oh, God. When does it end? How long is it going to be like this for? You can imagine people in a blind panic over something that is already a symptom of a common gold. They've just forgotten. I know, there's just like, you've had this countless times in your life. You've yeah. got nothing to be afraid of. How can you say, oh, no, no, this is worse than the flu or something. How can you compare what's worse and what you can really remember that, like recall that? Let's face it, we all bloody say that. Every time we have food poisoning or something, you say, oh, it's the worst I ever had. Yeah, you like, sort of block it out of your memory, yeah. really. You don't want Every to. time you have a, a cold or the flu or something, it's the worst time. You're like, oh, it's really bad this time. Because like, you've kind of forgotten when the last time was because it was probably quite a while ago but, but unless then, you're always bloody ill but then, but then like most things you just get over it don't you that is why you forget it because it's just like a blip on the bloody yeah. radar yeah. isn't it like I got a cold I got over it but I can't even really remember it <laughs> I mean, there was a lot of snotty tissues around and I ate more chicken in a suit than, <laughs> than I normally do <laughs> yeah played a lot of uh, GTA and well my Social credit score went down the drain, but <laughs> and I was buying a lot of tissues, which wasn't quite the same as nappies. So I ended up using nappies to blow my nose just to get my score back up. You know, the funny thing is they use the they use the coronavirus too. They use this really common flu cold strain, and they want to they want to blame it on that. Let's call it that. But the funny thing is about the whole this whole thing with this the COVID nineteen the the strain SARS cov two whatever they never. Proved it actually had exist. It's not like they actually had this, did they? They didn't actually ever. They just said, and we took their word for it, didn't we? Well, that's how. Well, well, how? Like I've heard Kaufman, the outspoken US doctor, explaining how in China they basically took lung fluid from some of the first ill patients in Wuhan, and the RNA code was eighty percent similar to SARS-CoV-1 which, by the way, was also never proven to exist in the same way that you're talking about, which I'll get onto in a second. But he, he then goes on to make the point that, okay, having an RNA code that's 80% similar to SARS-CoV-1 sounds high, but bear in mind that humans are 96% genetically similar to chimpanzees. And I really look like a chimpanzee every time I get up and look myself in the mirror, don't I? I mean, it depends what day of the week it is, really, though. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean... You get his point. Human DNA is also 60% similar to bananas. 
So something being 80% similar to SARS-CoV-1 is, is meaningless. It doesn't mean anything. It's, it's a joke. I mean, I know you, you look at some people in the COVID era, they're, they're behaving like chimpanzees. It, it could be a 96% match. But on the whole, we're quite different. And bananas, you know, I like a banana, but... Yeah, so much in common. This, this is like this is a terrible way of proving that something exists. Kaufman made the analogy that it would be like if you had a partial one percent of someone's fingerprint, and then you said that's an eighty percent match to another fingerprint, but just from that one percent, and you you were trying to get someone convicted with that in in a court. I mean, if you just no, you no get chance. laughed at a court, you, yeah. you wouldn't stand a fucking chance. And what I was saying earlier about SARS-CoV-1 not being proved, you know, shown to exist in the, the, the same way, I'm talking about something called the Cotts postulus, mm. which I know you and me have spoken about before. Um, this is something that uh, Robert Koch from eight, uh, 1890 uh, come up with. It's, it's like, a, like a checklist, like a criteria to prove the existence of an infectious agent or disease. You, if, you, if, you actually, if, you actually, if you actually go over the postures, I think they're actually a good point. I think you cannot deny any of them. Would You would argue against, you know, if a microorganism is a causative agent of an infectious disease, it must be one of the following. I mean, disagree with us. Found in abundance in all, micro, in all organisms, all microorganisms suffering from disease. Okay, you can agree on that. Isolated from a disease organism and grown in pure culture. I think you could probably argue that. You want to see someone actually in a bed, they draw it out of them, there it is in their blood, there's the infection, that's COVID 19. Okay. Uncontaminated, Un not with any other genetic. Yeah, no, no, from previous shit, that's it right there. Able to cause disease when introduced to healthy specimen. Now, I always like that one, dude. Get someone in a hospital who's like really ill and you know they're ill from COVID-19 and you sit them next to a healthy person and you then infect that healthy well, person. Well, you probably do with rats. <laughs> well, we do with rats, yeah. You would do it with people. Get a person. Depends, well, it depends what sort of people we've got available. I think a few people are like to stick in that hospital. Boris, you are my main agenda. <laughs> but no, uh, you think, yeah, you could do it. That's a great way of actually finding out disease exists because you, you think if one person's got a disease and you put them in the same room with it as close in proximity, that person, if it's airborne or trans, transpired from fluids, they are going to get the illness. And last one, re-isolated from the inoculated diseased experimental host and identified as being identical to the original pathogen. So basically, now this new in-person infected with this thing that we believe to be COVID-19, we draw out the blood again, we compare it with the previous sample, the person that we come in that we thought had COVID-19, we compare both these bacterial specimens of the samples and we make sure that the agent in each one is exactly identical to the other. Then I guess you could say we've got our disease. Yes, yeah, here it is. Here it is. But that has never been done. Not to this point yet. In fact, you can, there's this whole thing about you can apply to a lot of local medical communities, even your doctors yeah. now. You can write to your doctors. Yeah, through right the Freedom now, of Information. And you can ask yeah. your doctors if you're going to come in to get the vaccine, could they ask them to provide all the information 
about what's in these vaccines, how they're made, who's making these vaccines, and what for what benefit? Why is it Pfizer making this money? Yeah, making these vaccines. Why is it Johnson Johnson? Who are these companies or some have got legitimacy to write these so-called fake vaccines to people? Well, through the Freedom of Information Act, you can say, right, I want documentation to prove that this has been isolated and purified by going through the Cox postulates, whether they cannot provide that. Well, and if we go through them again, you know, say this first one up, like, found in abundance in all organisms suffering from the disease. Like, how many people have been marked down as like a COVID death because they died within 28, 28 days, days of the, <sighs> the test? Were, were their bodies riddled with this? I know. Were there even autopsies done? Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that they didn't do autopsies on all these people. No. It was simply a matter of, oh, they tested positive for COVID-19. Might have been yesterday, or it might have been, as we said, 28 days later. 28 days later! <laughs> so mental that it's the same name as the film. But um, that that would be enough. They, they wouldn't then be like, better do an autopsy to see whether he's, you know, riddled with the old COVID. It's like, no, he tested positive. That's all we need. It's an emergency situation. That's good enough. You know, that's where all the bloody cases have come from. So that one's off the bloody list. The isolated from a disease organ... No, it hasn't been isolated and purified in the same way. They've actually said, oh, it can't be isolated because of you know, the nature of a virus, it clings on to yeah, other genetic that, that material. Chest, that's their that old chestnut, but, yeah. But why would, why would that be in the postulates if it, if it couldn't be done? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, he, he, he wouldn't be on the checklist, would he? Yeah, I don't think Robert would I'm put I'm not a scientist. Yeah, but, but Robert wouldn't put that on there if what could have been done. No, that, that can't be done with viruses. Well, why is it on the bloody checklist to, to how, how to prove if, there's, if something's a virus or not? It doesn't make it doesn't make any sense. You kind of think it's crazy because they haven't. Not only have they not passed that, but there was another. Do you remember watching? Like we 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 heard about this um, on the David Icke video we were watching. There's actually another uh, set of criteria from a guy called Thomas Milton Rivers. Yeah, he was like a Rockefeller employee. First time heard this guy as well. This this is a new yeah. First time you never heard this. He's guy. like hailed as the the father of virology, and. Even his, like, Cots postulus light. <laughs> well, it, it was almost like, he's like, he was almost den denouncing Koch for his own. Yeah, like, yeah, saying. Well, he's got it all wrong. Like, my rules are much less stringent, much more yeah. lightly affected. You could probably tie anything into my sort of rules. Yeah, and COVID hasn't even and met his criteria. Hasn't even met that criteria. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a. And he's a this bloody... Is a Rockefeller employee. Yeah. Fuck me, COVID's so shit, we can't even get it to fit in with Rivers' criteria. <laughs> so going into the story itself, or the the cover story, should we say, we're told that it came from a bat. It was, a, a bit, it was the very first thing we heard. When we're sitting here in the UK, and this thing's popped up in China, we're like, oh, what is COVID? No, no, no. I've got to admit, when I first saw, I, I, I didn't think for a second, he's going to come here. No, neither did I. There's no way I thought he I wasn't is. panicked. No, neither. I, I don't think I was. And, and it, the worst part was, I actually think I believed the bat story as well. I was probably more suspicious of people like, bioweapon. When, when it was like a bat story, I was like, they'll eat anything in China. I've seen contagion. Yeah, I mean, it, it felt so far away. 
I think I think that's the point. Mm. But we were sort of told, like at, at that point, the the story of it leaking from the Wuhan bio lab. I wasn't even. It, out. it hadn't broke. That that hadn't broken. That that wasn't out there. We were told that it come from Wuhan. Like oh, it come from the a wet market. A wet market yeah. in in Wuhan from from a bat. I mean, what what I've always found interesting about that is. The media never really dwelled on that. Like, it was sort of like, yeah, it come in, and then it was just like, right. <laughs> like, even when down the line it had reached Europe and all the rest of it and the scaremongering was really being ramped up, it was like the actual origin story was just, they never really delved into it. It, it, it was almost like, oh, yeah, about a wet market, and it was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Mm. What? Say that again? Explain that a little bit more to me? No, no, don't worry about that. It's like, it was never ex- explained in detail. It was never, no. you know, do you have the bat? <laughs> Can I see it? <laughs> this person yeah. who originally ate the bat, and you must still have them, yeah, they, they, they died from the bug? There must be a chain of people. Yeah, give me a little bit more info. You know, if you're watching, I don't know, a series or a movie or something like that, you know, the origin story you want to know a little bit about origin story it sounds like a fucking x-man film <laughs> you know yeah exactly how did wolverine become wolverine or how did spider-man get his powers like you know we all know the peter parker story of like how he got you know bitten by the radioactive spider and got his powers and all the rest of it but i want to see the bat the guy who ate the bat that created covid19 <laughs> the superbug that killed the world apparently i'd like to see that guy yeah I always found that fascinating that it's just the fact that it got brushed under the carpet so quickly and it and it was like after the original explanation was given it was just never really spoken about again never talked about the bat again about the picture and I feel like now even people that are you know COVID believers even they might not believe at this point that it was from a bat from a wet market who knows what they believe, man? I don't know. Maybe they don't even really give it a passing thought. But I feel like even people that are, you know, triple jabbed up to the eyeballs, wear a mask every day, like are bought into the whole thing, even they might go, oh, yeah, I think it was leaked from a lab. I, f- I feel like at this point, the bat story is like out the fucking window, even for people that aren't, you know, like skeptics or suspicious of this but he, even they're going yeah it probably was the lab wasn't it but yet strange that was the first thing we got though wasn't it yes the first thing we got was already you can be like well that's a lie that stinks mm. <laughs> <laughs> literally it's a bad dirty wet market I, I mean it, can you imagine the smell of that on the on the barbie I know I can't imagine it baby foul can't imagine it having a lot of meat on it yeah, I know. Poor, and at the same time, bats seem quite harmless little creatures. And oh, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Are they blind? Remember, I, I, I mean, it was I trade rabies. I'd say good luck getting bitten by a bat when it's blind. Where's the meat on a bat? You're gonna get fuck all out of the wings. I bet the the meat that is there is just gristly as hell. If you shave the bat, you know it'd be like when <laughs> someone like shaves <laughs> shave the bat. You know, like when someone shaves a like chihuahua or something. And you're like, wow, it's just like a skinny little rat like if, if you shaved the bat off right <laughs> like what meat would you be left with look this is china let's just it's a delicacy it? It? It's, it's chicken of the cave chicken of the cave <laughs> <laughs> but he's not a chicken is he he's got no meat on the bloody thing and i bet the meat is horrible oh i mean it, i 
I can imagine just being at like the restaurant scene that I was talking about earlier and being like, what is this? And they're like, chicken of the cave. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I like chicken. I like chicken. You're like, gristly. <gasps> Very gristly. Is that a wing? <laughs> Your chicken wing. <laughs> Dude, that, that does not look like a chicken wing to me. There's a claw coming out of the middle of it. No, uh, chicken of the cave. This is a fucking bat. It wasn't before long that it also transposed like, what else is in Wuhan? You know, it was, oh, this massive deadly bioweapon lab. Right, okay. Well, so, well, they call it a bio lab, but the weapon part is probably disputed, but let's just say we know this. But bio lab is basically coined a term for someone where they're creating pretty deadly stuff that dare it escape from there is probably going to kill a lot of people. Yeah. And we're like talking like, like it's called like biosafety level four lab, right? It's pretty secure. Oh yeah, yeah. And like, you know, if a deadly virus escaped from there, one way or another, whether it was released on purpose or it was released by accident, and and I think both make no sense, but let's just say that a deadly virus did leak from there. Show me the dead people. Show me the sick people. Like... What, a deadly bio lab leads a deadly bio virus that's not very dangerous, that gives you, wait for it, the sniffles. <laughs> like, you wait, know. wait for it, most, most dangerous part. You might lose your sense of smell. <gasps> Imagine they're like, oh my God, one of the deadly viruses has escaped. Which one is it? Oh, the one that gives you sniffles? The one you've got a 99% recovery rate from? Oh yeah. Yeah, it's not that deadly, that one, is it? Yeah, we kind of balls up on that one. <laughs> we got lucky, really. Yeah, if, if you think if it's actually one of the real dangerous yeah. viruses. This one's Ebola times 100, you know. This, I'm like, this, is it, a, this is a bubonic plague times 1,000, you know. Yeah, this is the one from the uh, Outbreak movie. <laughs> Which killed a 100% mortality rate. <laughs> and this one, what, was 99%? Yeah, mm. it's basically like, the flu. In fact, <laughs> sort of is the flu. <laughs> In fact, if we're honest, there's no difference between this and the flu. Yeah, it, it, it's just yeah, funny that, that that's the so-called deadly virus. But if you remember back to when it first started in Wuhan, we were seeing some of the pictures from China. You literally had people collapse on the floor. Yeah. And then people there, like there's this one photo, we've got it on the Schism Instagram, of like a guy collapse on the floor I think he's got a suit on dude. it just looks like he's just a businessman he's just walking to work with his mask on with his head down not speaking to anyone and he just collapsed struck down with a deadly case of COVID like so it really is like bloody outbreak then well, the way they're portraying it because it's like a guy could just be like walking to work he was well enough to put a suit on and go go to work next thing you know boom he's collapsed like oh, oh, oh my god I've got it and then just falling up like that's deadly yeah. you know what I mean well, you were fine one minute next minute you're on the floor that's really deadly well, like when has that happened since well like I said it's what was portrayed in one small one single news report one image image which almost had the knock on effect that all it needed to have for the rest of the world but like you said have you seen any yeah. one else in any country in the world yeah. whether it be England United States Spain anywhere someone walking along just going uh, 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 and then just 
hit the floor. Collapsed. And it wasn't like doctors around him or something. It was two guys in hazmat suits. Now, where have they come from? Yeah, there's just two random guys walking around in the street in hazmat suits. When have you seen that anywhere? Yeah, like, imagine if someone did collapse in the street and you were like, oh my God, is he okay? Like, someone called for a doctor and then just two guys jumped out of hazmat suits. You'd be like, you'd be like, whoa. Like, where did I come from? <laughs> Because they obviously turned up pretty quick because he's still on the floor. <laughs> yeah, he's not he's got the ambulance yet. But bear in mind, if someone collapsed as well, your first thought would be a heart attack or it could be anything, couldn't it, really? Yeah. Well, we'll talk about a stage photograph. Yeah, I mean, we'll bloody hell, you've got a guy laying flat out, collapsing on the floor, two guys in hazmat suits, one of them's even sort of looking at the camera as if to be like, get that thing out of here, this is an emergency, you know, can't you see? Like... It, it couldn't have looked more staged. It could have been a, a movie poster or a still from cont- the movie Contagion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just like, just ridiculous. I had the desired effect though. Definitely had the yeah. effect. Yeah, but then as soon as you like scrutinise the photo a little bit more and pick it apart, you realise just how ridiculous it is. I mean, li- literal like theatre. But at the same time, these are people living under the Chinese government Who's to say that gentleman wasn't told to dress up on the streets, make it look like you fall over? You know, they're all yeah. And very as well. Into the government. average death age of this in the UK, for example, is above the average life expectancy. Which is mental. So we're talking about people in care homes. This guy was like suited up on his way to work. Could have been our age. Like what? So you're telling me? Okay, so this is like a respiratory disease. So what? He's he's suddenly been hit by this thing so badly he can't breathe. His airways are blocked up. He's collapsed on the floor. When has that happened since in the rest of the world? Everyone that dies from this bloody thing dies in a hospital. They don't die collapsed on the street. They don't even die in their homes. Unless they're bloody care homes. Well, they don't keel over in a restaurant. You know, no, right, yeah. Like, yeah, someone's just like eating their food and then next, next thing you know, <laughs> their head's just in the pasta. He's like, it's COVID! <laughs> and their guys in hazmat suits just arrived. Just arrive. about the bathroom. Oh, where are they come from? It's not happened. You haven't even heard reports of people like, oh, yeah, he died in his home or blah. You've never heard that. No, no, no. Every person has died in a hospital. The only reports you get is every day from the news are telling you the amount of deaths they've increased, but never where they are, what part of the country. or It's never or, sudden. No. It's never like they were just out and about or they were in their home or something like that. It, they go to hospital and then suddenly they get put on medazolam or they get put well, on they a ventilator. They need to or be they, on and stuff. Yeah. And then, then it's almost like they go into hospital. They sort of, they go to, to kill them. <laughs> yeah. You could, you could argue it's quite funny, isn't it? You think you go to hospital without a respiratory illness, get diagnosed by a test that doesn't test for a respiratory illness, get put on a ventilator that then gives you a respiratory <laughs> illness, you then get diagnosed with having a respiratory illness, and then you die of that respiratory illness that you never actually had before you went to hospital with. <laughs> it's almost like the last place that you want to go if you get a positive test is the hospital. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're licking their lips at the door. Then you've got these other images. Again, we've got a, a, another post of this on the Instagram of, I called them the Wuhan clan, out on the streets, the, these huge squads of people, almost looks like a bloody army of people with these backpacks on that are spraying disinfectant all over the street. Yeah, they're like in the green. Again, in full, full on hazmat esque suits. Well, they're like the, they're like the jump. They look like the jumpsuits. Those team. They were like similar to the hazmat, but they were like jump. Oh, they were like armified. 
They look like they had the Ghostbuster guns. Yeah, you know? right. And they're like spraying toxic shite all over the streets. I mean, I wonder what that's doing. Like literally spraying all the streets with disinfectant. The money as well, but... And just the unnecessary... <laughs> it's just such a mad thing to be doing. But also, is that like a good thing to be doing? What knock-on effect is that having to like... Yeah, what, what, what is in those chemicals that you put in the street? You have no idea. Not just to people, like the environment, like... But like if anything at all, like insects or whatever. Well, like, well, this is the thing. Still, like, if I still think of that, if anything at all, if they were spraying anything at all, for all we know, they could be just like make it look like we're detoxifying the air, and it's like there's just water in there. Like, yeah. Spraying stuff to make people ill. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it, yeah, you're right. Placebo like, effect. The, how do we know what's in the things, and how do they know? Even yeah, the people doing it. Placebo effect. The, the Chinese people could be like, gee, they could see the frothing and the color of the solution, and just could be a, a bit of pink dye in there. They'd be like, that's toxic. That's get out of here it's a placebo effect and, you know but yeah that that the, the uh, Wuhan clan with the spraying teams I mean once again have you I've seen that anywhere over here yeah. and the city of Wuhan was the first that completed like a makeshift emergency hospital to treat patients infected with coronavirus and they did it in like 10 days I mean, I'm not sure if you remember the, the clips of these like instant hospitals that I they were making. I've, I've never seen so many cranes like in, in one place. That, and the, and it, the way it was being portrayed on, on like Western uh, news channels was kind of like, look at China. You know, they've made these, this hospital in 10 days. And I, I even heard people in this country say, like, <laughs> we couldn't do that, could we? Well, I, I mean, did you see them? Well, we did see them cranes. I mean, did. it was mad. 10 days it took them. We did say that in the beginning. We did. I remember saying that. We were yeah. talking 2019, like early 2020. I remember thinking, like, bloody hell, the Chinese were putting up some hospitals. Yeah, they don't muck around. They're, they're ready to look after that. People are going to get infected over there. Blimey. They... Again, as a piece of theatre... It was mm. so shocking. These instant hospitals, they're like a shell of a hospital compared to an actual hospital, uh, yeah, yeah. right? But as a visual thing, it was like bloody hell. They're building a hospital, which would usually take, I'm guessing, years, or, you know, or months. Or, or probably up to a year or something. Don't know, don't know. Yes, yeah. It would definitely take years in this country. <laughs> but they're building it in a matter of days. And they, and all the, uh, it was a sight to behold, like all these cranes and stuff, just, go, you know, they were working day and night to build these build these hospitals and um you know that really caught the world's attention i think because even for me i thought bloody hell this is really serious look at that and just like other people i did think well if that happened here i, I don't well, think we, we'd be as readily prepared as that well, we'd be buggered yeah i mean you kind of look at the strain that we know our nhs well it's all the top the strain that's already I'm, under under yeah. we're told it's under doesn't make you wonder but we probably we go well our nhs wouldn't be I mean, we're already under the impression just from just from seeing that before we get to see that. Oh, don't know if our national health service could deal with that. Yeah. So in February, at the very start of the pandemic kicking off, China pulled off pretty impressive construction that caught the world's attention. They didn't just build one hospital; they built two hospitals in Wuhan in under two weeks to isolate and treat COVID nineteen patients. I don't know if you've seen photos of this. I mean, it, it sort of consisted of like prefabricated rooms and components. It's like two story. Oh, the who, the who, Yeah, I mean, it's not like it's kind of like a shell of a hospital. It's not, you know, they, they've got sort of like makeshift kind of dividers yeah, and stuff. But yeah. it, it look, it does look like an emergency yeah. hospital. Yeah. It's like a fucking like the big, big old converted warehouse. 
um, where they've just got rows and rows. It was huge. Of beds. It was huge. And obviously because of the cheap labour in China, they can make things double quick time or 10 times quicker than other places because hundred they can just have hundreds of people working at this thing all at once. Another thing I learned when I was in China, because of course the Olympics was held there, and the guy was saying to me, loads of people died who helped construct the Olympic Stadium and the Olympic Town and everything else. He, he said they literally, like, you know, were, were working people to death and their health and safety there is, like, non-existent, you know, really bad working conditions. And he said that there was people dying, but as he put it, life is one of the most expendable things that they yeah. have. So one of, obviously, the, the biggest one we saw the construction of was the Hushishan, and that's the one that you might, we saw the more the pictures of where it looks like, like huge military, like grey hospital, which was the 1000 bed one, which was the Hushishan hospital. And you, we actually got the meaning of this, which was Fire God Mountain. Fire God Mountain. <laughs> Hushishan means Fire God Mountain. That's a pretty weird... Sounds more badass than the emergency hospital we had built in the UK, the Nightingale Hospital. Right, it sounds like the Fire God Mountain sounds, Hospital. Sounds like the end, end boss on Mortal Kombat or something. <laughs> Welcome to Fire God Mountain. Five days later, the sister hospital oh, was the, born. The, yeah, the, the, the Leishishan. Yeah. Yeah, meaning Thunder God Mountain. <laughs> it sounds like rides at, at a theme park. But yeah, it was a, that was obviously, the Leishishan was another big one. That was like 1,500 beds. And bigger. Uh, yeah. And it was like apparently slower to fill up than the Hushishan, which was the smaller one, according to the old Chinese state media. Take, take that with a pinch of salt. Bear in mind how this country's controlled. It all came out of state news from China. Yeah, so they're telling you, like, they set up these hospitals and they're at full full capacity. Well, well do we, you don't know. Is that to be trusted? We don't have any pictures. We don't have any. All, all we see is the construction of them. It's not like we see them rolling in people and ambulances. Woo, woo. Not, oh, not a guy like just clasping his chest, being wheeled into the hospital and ambulance. There was none of that. I, I mean, I have to be fair, I have seen photos of these hospitals almost not aerial shots but like high up so you can see all the beds and there is a lot of people there but you've got to remember this was in Wuhan where you've got some of the most toxic air you've got in the whole of China in fact globally Mm -hmm. I mean, you've, you've seen pictures, like we were looking at these smog-filled pictures of yeah, Wuhan. We, it's like a joke. Yeah, like you can barely see the outline of a city. It's a horrible... I mean, we thought Athens was meant to be a pretty smoggy place, but then you look at this place, Wuhan, and you're like, this is this is some of the worst air pollution in the world. It's no, it's no surprise a lot of these people are suffering from fucking respiratory illnesses. Yeah, and, there, and there's a, a lot of old people in Wuhan, so you've got a really high... Mm -hmm number of old people, really high number of respiratory diseases every year at an unstaffed, overwhelmed hospital, year in, year out, just like in the previous episode where we were going through the Time magazine oh, front covers yeah. where it's just like same shit, different year. Like, uh -huh. you know, it's the same story every year at these hospitals packed to the brim and they've created even more chaos by taking people out of care homes yeah. or people that have tested positive, rushing them all into the hospitals. So they, they are going to become overwhelmed. So there is pictures of them with a lot of people there, but you, you've got to take all that into account. How many people are there because they're ill from something else? How many people 
have been taken out of a care home or been rushed there because suddenly they're like, no, 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 you've got COVID-19, you've got to go to this emergency hospital under a false diagnosis. And suddenly you've got what appears to be the first wave. And then just like in the UK, a lot of these people being then mistreated, which is in turn killing them. They're either being put on end of life care drugs or they're being put on a ventilator when they shouldn't be, or they're getting people to sign do not resuscitate forms because they're saying we're going to need the beds, you know. Plus, they're obviously fixing death certificates by rebranding flu, pneumonia, whatever else. So that's how you're getting the numbers and that's how you're getting the perceived pandemonium. It was never a case of infections. It was always down to the the cases. cases. Yeah, it was never about infections. It was just about cases. You know, so after we look at all that, Ben Money built these hospitals, these big ass hospitals, and apparently this thing was highly infectious, and we had all the, you know, they had all these sick people out in Wuhan, and just on March the tenth. So this isn't really that long. I mean, what was this? February the third when they put up the first hospital, and then this is on March the tenth. The Chinese president Xi Jinping had actually declared that the disease had basically been curbed. Dude. I mean, how... Yeah, like it was over. Like it was over. Like, I mean, February the 3rd to March the 10th. And then all the makeshift hospitals were just shut down. <laughs> I thought we were told this was a highly infectious, and we'll wait for it, deadly, remember that keyword we were using, deadly illness. And yeah. you would have thought if it was highly contagious and deadly, you would see a knock-on effect for months. Why after 16 days just... Boom, we don't need these hospitals anymore. We've contained it. This whole thing's gone away. Well, really, the, the first thing I'm thinking of is that shot of all the cranes. Mm. That's what it was for. Do you know what I mean? Just to show just, to sh- us. Yeah. Show us, the Western world, look at yeah. the fear that you will be facing. Yeah. You will not be ready for this. The Chinese are building two, a thousand bed strong hospitals in the space of a week. Yeah. What are you going to do about look it? Look at all the cranes. It was, it's a perfect bit of theatre to capture the, the imagination. That's it. It's get, like to get us to get us wrapped up in the moment. Doesn't care if what we see is fake. That the effect is yeah, important. Creating that moment, and that has been dreamt up by someone that is like, this will just get this will just capture this for yeah. people. This we're going to create this moment, this bit of theatre that is going to ingrain in people's memories and distract from really what's going on. You've seen Contagion. This is it. (laughs) Yeah. This is Outbreak. So government officials say that there's no plans to demolish the hospitals yet and they can be reactivated at any time if a second wave of infections hit. And I have thought about this with the Nightingale Hospital as well. I'm like, because that was was our version of an emergency hospital or converted hospital. And And it shut after seeing just a few patients. I mean, but again, it's not like they've taken it down. It's not like they've demolished it. I think that we will see in the future that things like the Nightingale Hospital fall, but I think it will be full of people suffering from the effects of the V. But yeah, it, it reeks of what happened with the original SARS because China built a hospital then called your your better at the uh, pronunciation. I, I love it. It's a Xiao Tangshan. 
Yeah, and that, that was built on the outskirts of Beijing in just seven days, so very similar. And that's that hospital was what inspired the instant hospital well, yeah, in, Wu, in Wuhan. Yeah, it, I mean, it's, it's weird because we and like the two in Wuhan, it was never meant to be a fully functioning hospital, but no, it was like it, an emergency, a military like style. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it wasn't supposed to last more than three years. During the outbreak, there was an estimated seven hundred patients and then it just sat abandoned so it's, just, it's like just the same thing and you can imagine in the original SARS outbreak it, it was just like you know the same blueprint we're building an emergency hospital in seven days blah 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 panic 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 it's just the same thing I mean it, you know it, it's even called SARS-CoV-2 that is apparently what causes COVID-19 so it's, it's literally like Terminator 2, SARS-CoV-2. It's a sequel to SARS-CoV-1, the, the SARS pandemic, which followed exactly the same blueprint. The sequel. This is it's exactly the same, just a little different. <laughs> this has been done before. Really, that is what most sequels are as well, isn't it, to movies? Yeah, just The same thing in the first, kind of different. Normally not as good, but the same as what you liked the first time, so you probably like this one, just not as much. Yeah, and again in 2010, the government announced that the facility would be demolished, but then apparently it wasn't completely demolished. <laughs> it's like the same thing, you know. Like, it could be reactivated again at any time, you know, if there's, I don't know, something that happens where we need an unprecedented amount of beds for people getting sick of something like another virus. And then what happens? Only in, like, January 2020? It reopened again, I believe, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. Same and it was full of COVID-19 patients this time. Yeah. But yeah, you know, it didn't actually even last that long that time. Uh, apparently it only lasted one and a half months before it was again closed that, after COVID. I know. So once again, how deadly and dangerous was COVID? The fact that an emergency hospital that could take the capacity to take a lot of people, which could get sick quite quickly... Judging what we've been told about this virus out of China that hasn't, yeah. that hasn't hit us yet. Why the fact... Why they the, just need the fear at the start. start. Yeah. You know, don't, doesn't One and a half months is fine. Yeah. It, it, it can close then. It's like the job's been done. <laughs> you scared the shit out of everyone. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to keep... You know, you, the, the, like charade doesn't have to keep going that much longer. It's just like with the Nightingale thing, it was like just the fact that we've done it was I, enough. I think we pumped them with enough fear by yeah. now. Probably a lot of people maybe wouldn't even know that it had closed. If if you said to someone, did you know it closed after literally seeing like a hand, handful of people, they might be like, oh, did it? Because that wasn't blasted all over the news in the same way as when they were building the bloody thing. Yeah, yeah it's true. The same as in China. I'm sure they didn't make a big hoo-ha oh. over closing the thing, but opening it, it was like, cut the ribbon. <laughs> Wait, do you think the Chinese people were told that? 700 people at that one hospital. It's like, you know, that, that is a lot of people, yeah, but yeah. It's, it's not Spanish flu, is it? No. I know it's just one hospital, but come on. deadly pandemic that brings the whole country to a standstill, or in the case of COVID, the whole world to a standstill. The numbers just aren't there, are they? No. And they're patients. They're just 700 patients, not deaths, no, patients no. Yeah. or cases. So with their response to COVID... The blueprint had been set and the die had been cast now for the rest of the world mm. with the draconian lockdowns, the masks, the PCR tests, the social distancing. All the, all the measures that 
to Chinese government in, impose upon their population to enforce through the regulations of the pandemic. The whole, like you said, the blueprint. They showed us everything that we would possibly need to do if we were to contain this deadly pandemic in the Western world. And they were praised heavily by the likes of Gates and Ted Ross saying what a great job they had done. And Professor Neil Ferguson that made the crazy projections for how many people were gonna die in England mm -hmm. and even like the US as well, I think, where he was literally throwing out figures like half a million people. It was just out outrageous. Mm -hmm. The same Neil Ferguson that put out the crazy projections for swine flu yeah. that <laughs> couldn't have been more off. So the man that was responsible for wrecking the livelihoods yeah. of many farmers in this country. Saying hundreds of thousands of people were going to die. Yeah, and the amount of hundreds of thousands of animals we slaughtered that didn't need to be killed. So, yeah, the same Neil Ferguson, we remember you. Yeah. <laughs> we got your number, Neil. We got your number, Neil. Yeah, and he said, uh, this is a, a direct quote from him, one has to adopt the kind of community measures which have been adopted in places like Wuhan and China, where you try to reduce contact between people in the community. And Gates, who's also friendly with people in Chinese leadership and you know, who really went out there and said, like, lockdowns are the way forward to save us from COVID. And then suddenly, and this is where we want to start the next episode, he comes to the West and where did it hit? Italy. Italy. S straight into Italy. The heart of the Vatican. Oh, yeah. What do we all remember about the religious power that they have over Europe? So what better place to drop the bomb? I hope you enjoyed that episode of the schism we've got plenty more episodes on the way in the meantime follow us on our instagram at schism.tv and keep watching the skies mm -hmm.